our scripture this morning uh, comes out of the book of uh, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 20. Toby is coming to read our scripture for us, uh, found on uh, page 697 of your pew Bibles, if you would like to follow along, or, or certainly you're invited to follow along in your own Bibles as well. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a, a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his, in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them denarius for the day and sent sorry, it's hard for me to read. <laughs> and sent there into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, "You also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right." So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered, one of them, friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Let us pray. Almighty God, pour out your spirit upon this, your word. And as always, make it be for us the word of life, that we might be people of life. Now, God, hide me behind your cross, that your message of love and grace might shine through for the redemption of the world. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. (laughs) No fair. (laughs) That's what little Morgan would would say. Uh, I thought I had a a picture of, there we go. Uh, That's what little Morgan would say. (laughs) No fair. Whether it was, um, and, and this is three-year-old Morgan, 20 years ago, our daughter uh, would, would say that. Uh, whether it was uh, her baby brother getting uh, able to stay up later than she was able to stay up at three or four years old, or whether uh, he got to do things that she didn't get to do, or she thought that if, if she thought that life was unfair in any way, she would stomp her feet and go, hmm, no fair. We never figured out where she got this. Obviously, she didn't get it from Amy or I. No, not at all. Uh, Somewhere along the way, she she picked it up, and so it began the process of us teaching her this important lesson of life. That guess what? Life is not fair. (laughs) She was right. It wasn't fair. But life is life is not fair, and 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 we recognize that, don't we? We recognize that whether 
whether we are a whether we were a middle child and and we saw the our older siblings get got to do things more than we got to do them or a younger siblings got to do uh, things that we didn't get to do we we stomp our feet and go hmm no fair or or if we look around and, and we see our colleagues moving up the ladder quicker than than we have even though that we are even though we are we are working just as hard and let me, let me let you in on a secret. Even us pastors do that as well. As, as we look, a, a friend of mine, a, a, a pastor is here today, and, and, and he would say the same thing. As, as we look around uh, among other Methodist preachers, and we see some that are uh, rising up the ladder, and we, we wonder where, I mean, we, we get jealous as well, and, and we stomp our feet and say, hmm, no fair. Or, or if, we are, if we're a student and we, and we see our classmates getting getting more second chances than we get and, and or they're making better grades than we are because we think the teacher likes them and the teacher doesn't like the, us and we stomp our foot and hmm, no fair. Or maybe, maybe, it's, a, maybe it's our teammate that, that seems like they're not quite as good as we are, but they're getting more, they're getting more playing time. Again, we stomp our foot and hmm, no fair. Or, or, we, or we see others, again, getting, getting more chances than we get. Or we see, we see some on re- receiving government benefits, and, and we're the ones that's been paying taxes all, this, all, the, all these years. And we stomp our foot. Hmm, no fair. The, 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 fairness of, the fairness of life certainly was an issue during Jesus' day. No doubt it was an issue during, during Jesus' day. Today I'm I'm beginning my ser- I'm beginning a sermon series dealing with dealing with uh, uh, well uh, the radical teachings of Jesus that we so often try to censor. We th- there are a number of things that Jesus said that I really that I at least I wish that he had never said because they challenged my life so much. Life would be way easier if Jesus didn't, hadn't said some things. And so uh, typically, I will, I'll just ignore some of those teachings of Jesus and say, ah, you know, it's just, uh, yeah. Um, or, or, or I just flat out disregard them. I, I know what he says, but I just flat out disregard them. And, and, and I know that I'm not the only one. Our, our, our churches and our culture, we do the exact same thing. We try to make Jesus into this. I mean, there's a, there's a hymn in our hymnal, uh, uh, Gentle Jesus, Meek and Mild. And gentle Jesus, meek and mild, and, and we, we make him so spineless and so meek and so mild that really uh, we end up Jesus not saying anything that would ever challenge us, and so we censor Jesus. But there are some, well, we, we must resist the urge to censor Jesus. And so the, 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 the title of this sermon series beginning today is Jesus Uncensored. We're going to be looking at those very difficult sayings of Jesus, things that, things that may not even make a whole lot of sense to us at times, things that challenge us, challenge our way of life, even maybe even challenge our own, our own political beliefs and viewpoints, and maybe even worldviews as well. Indeed, indeed, the fairness of life and even the fairness of God was an issue for Matthew's world. It was indeed an issue for Matthew's world. For you see, the, the, the Jews, the, the Hebrew people, they believed that they were God's chosen people. And indeed, if, if you read the Old Testament, we see that they were God's chosen people. 
No doubt they were God's chosen people. Why did God choose Abraham from, from all, of the, all of the rest of the people in the entire world? Be, well, because God is a God of grace. Abraham did, did not do anything to, to merit or to warrant God choosing him from, from all of the other people. God, God chose Abraham because, because God is love and, and God, is, uh, God is wired to have relationship with, with people. And so he chose Abraham and his offsprings as, as people who were very, very special. And, and so from the very beginning of the Old Testament, we see that, that the Hebrew people were God's chosen people. But, but what began to happen was that, was that when, when Jesus came along then, there were others outside of, outside of, the, of the Jewish ethnicity and Jewish faith that, that began to I mean, they began to be, become believers in, in the one true God. And, and, and the Jews, they weren't exactly sure how to react to these Gentiles that were coming to, to, to listen in on Jesus or inquiring about this message of his and even, even exploring faith in the one true God. In fact, I mean, these, were, these Gentiles that were coming to follow Jesus, were, they were typically not... I mean, we know who the Pharisees were. I mean, the, the, the Pharisees were folks who, I mean, they were rule followers. I've said before, they would make very good neighbors. They, they, would, they would always keep their mat, grass mowed. They would, they would always, um, they would never park in the street. They would, I mean, they, 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 they always, I mean, always obeyed the rules and obeyed the laws. They were wonderful. I mean, just wonderful, wonderful people. I mean, you, again, you would have wanted to live next door to a Pharisee. You probably would not have wanted to live next door to a Gentile. They, they, were, they were quite the, the, rowdy, the rowdy crew. In, in Corinth, for example, Corinth was a major city um, uh, among the day. And in, and in fact, we have a couple of letters to the church in Corinth, First and Second Corinthians. And as Paul writes letters to them, we, we find out more about the city of Corinth. But even archaeologically, we, we know a lot about Corinth. It was indeed a, a Gentile city. There was a, there was a large, large temple built f to, um, to, uh, to worship uh, one of the Roman goddesses. And, and there, were, there were literally were thousands of temple prostitutes that served in that temple. I mean, this... I mean, they believed in multiple gods. They didn't believe that there was really anything that was wrong by way of activity or behavior. Nothing was wrong. Whatever, whatever felt good, you just do. And so, I mean, it was loud music at night. It would have been uh, grass growing all... I mean, they would, have, they would have made awful, awful neighbors. And so these, these Gentiles, these unruly Gentiles were, were coming to be followers of Jesus and the Hebrew people, they were upset about it. Ups, I mean, upset about it. They were mad about it. In fact, so much so that it was really one of the, um, one of the reasons that they, that they killed Jesus because the Gentiles were being invited in into this family of faith. The Gentiles were invited in to come and, and to be believers in the one true God. And so Jesus told this parable. It really is a, a really straightforward parable. Just, just uh, on, the, on the last part of, of chapter 19 in Matthew's gospel, we have 
um, a rich young man coming to Jesus. And uh, he, he asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you know all the commandments. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done, I've done all those commandments. I follow all the commandments. And Jesus said, there's one thing you lack. Go and sell all you have. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. And the scripture says that he went away sad because, he, because great were his possessions. And then, and then Jesus, Jesus ends that teaching with, this, with these words. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Many who are first will be last and the, and the last first. And, and, and at the end of our parable, he says almost the exact same thing, although he reverses it. The, 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 the first shall be last and the last shall be, shall be first. And so that, that really is a bookend to our parable. The first shall be last and the last shall be first or the last shall be first and the first shall be last. So the story goes that there was a, I mean, as the parable goes, there there was a, a wealthy landowner who needed some day workers. I mean, so he pulled up to the parking lot and saw a bunch of day workers uh, there, and he, and he asked some of them to come and work in his vineyard. It was 6 o'clock in the morning. And he said, I'll give you a fair day's wage, a denarius. That was a typical day's wage for a, for a laborer. And so they, they got there at 6 o'clock in the morning. They got out into the vineyard, and, and, and maybe maybe the the, the landowner recognized he didn't, he didn't have enough workers or the, the, the grape harvest may have been more than he had expected. Regardless, uh, he came back at 9 o'clock and he hired more workers. And he said, I'll, I'll, pay, you what's, I'll pay you what you're worth, basically. And so uh, he, he took them out into the field and he came back at noon. He came back at 3 p.m. And he came back at 5 p.m. The ending time, I mean, the whistle blew at 6 p.m., and so you had some that had been working for 11 hours, and, and, but then he went, he went back to the parking lot, and he found others that, that hadn't been hired. He said, Where, why, why haven't you been hired? They said, well, we, can't, we can't make work for ourselves. Somebody's got to hire us. And so he said, well, come on, come on with me. Come on with me, and I'll, I'll pay you fairly. And so at the end of the day, when the whistle blew at, at 6 p.m., he told his foreman to go out, go out and, and, and start paying the ones that, that have only been working one hour and give them a full day's wage. Well, I can, I can imagine. I can imagine their response. They had only worked an hour, so they were expecting just really probably a, a, just a few dollars or a few coins, but instead they got, they got an entire day's wage. I'm sure they were, I mean, they were pumped about this. They, again, I mean, there's probably a reason that they had not been hired by anyone else in town. There's probably a reason for that. I'm sure they were excited that they had received an entire day's wage for only one hour. And then they, then they went to the ones who had been working for three hours, and, and the foreman gave them an entire day's wage. And then they, they finally got to those that had been that had been hired 12 hours ago, and I am sure that they had been watching all of this, wondering, wait, 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 what's, what's going on here? I mean, the first guys, they had only worked one hour, and they received one denarius. We've worked 12 hours. We should receive 12 denarius. He heard their disagreement. Friend, I am doing you no wrong. 
Did you not agree with me for a did you not agree with me for a denarius for this day's wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to, 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 to am I not allowed to do what I choose with that belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Uh, this is radical. This, this throws our, I mean, I, I don't want to chase this rabbit too far, but um, I mean, this, by the way, I, I don't think that Jesus is setting up an economic system here. I don't think that Jesus is, is trying to set up socialism, but I, I will say uh, this seems really unfair. And if, and if our American way of life, especially in our modern culture, is this, life as must be fair. How many times have we heard it over the last couple of years? That, I mean, the unfairness of things, we, we do everything we can to make sure that life is fair. Everyone gets a fair shot. This is not fair. And it confronts me with my desire to stomp my foot and say, hmm, no fair. Here's the amazing thing, though. Grace is not fair. There is absolutely nothing fair about grace. For you see, we don't get what we deserve. Thank God. We don't get what we deserve. Praise God for that. Because we know that every one of us, it should have been us up there on that cross. We all deserve death and condemnation and judgment for the sins that we have committed. But thank God, grace isn't fair. God's grace is so unfair because God offers to us instead of condemnation and judgment and damnation, instead, God offers us salvation. Even to us, even to us who are not rule followers, even to us who are who are being grafted into the family of faith, even us, us rowdy Gentiles, God's grace is not fair. Praise God. Praise God. For you see, in the, in, in the Pharisees' mind, this was scandalous, absolutely scandalous. It, it betrayed something fundamental about their stance toward life. Life was summed up in the commands and their faithfulness to these commands, but Jesus reversed it all and said, it's not about obeying the commands, it's about the love of God. That's what it's about. It's not about God's judgment, it's about God's grace. So the first shall be last and the, and the last shall be first. There is absolutely nothing fair about it. God offers us part of his promise unfairly. You see, you didn't deserve God's grace just like I didn't deserve God's grace. You haven't done anything to merit God's love just like I haven't done anything to merit God's love. Why does, why does God offer you and, and me grace and love? Because God's not fair. Praise God. He offers you and me grace and love 
Because God is grace and love. Not because we've earned it, not because we've been good enough to earn God's love, but God offers it simply because he is love. So the first shall be last. The last shall be first. Radical. Life-changing. Turns the world upside down. But thank God. Thank God he is unfair. Because grace is unfair. Would you bow with me? Oh Lord Jesus, you are unfair. We don't we don't understand why and how you would love even us. There are times that we think that we can earn your love. There are times that we think that we, we deserve that blessing. There are times that we think that we, we deserve that job or we are self-made people. God, today, remind us that we are absolutely nothing without your grace. Absolutely nothing. We are no better than anyone else. Your grace is so unfair as you have offered us forgiveness. Even us, you have offered us forgiveness and love and salvation. We didn't do anything to earn it. We didn't do anything to merit your love. You've simply offered it to us anyway. So God, there are there may be some here this morning who indeed have felt so unloved and so unlovable. Well, God, today, help them to know that even though they may feel that way, help them to experience your love in a profound and life-changing way. There may, there may be some here today that have taken pride I've taken pride that they are always choosing to be last. God, give them humility in serving others. Those mothers who are here today and so often they indeed live their lives in the last spot, the last one to come to the dinner table, the last one to bed after a long day's work cleaning up and doing laundry and helping around the house and keeping the family going. Help them to know that indeed the last will be first in your kingdom. Oh Lord, help us to seek places of dishonor. Help us to seek places of service that we too, we too might be last so you can bless us being first in love. We pray these things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.